Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Toast. Happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having an amazing day. I am Claude. That is Jax. Hey, Jax. H buddy. I'm doing well, turdy. Thank you for asking. Happy Valentine's Day to my favorite turd. I'm wearing my heart sweater oh my in God, honor of today's festivities. Yeah, I was feeling I was feeling romantic. I'm wearing all brown today in, in honor of my favorite turd. Oh, that is so <laughs> thoughtful. I am moved deeply by your grand gesture. And it, just know it means the world to me. Even down to the bra- brown leggings. Wow. I committed to the turd. Committed to the turd with my little slippers that, well, they're not slippers. They're like, go you know, street shoes. And they say NY. Just mm. all turdy tings. Because you, you miss your New York turdy. I miss that New York turd. Well, it is Valentine's Day, the day of love. I'm actually committed to several men this holiday season. I've got Harry. This is in order of importance. I've got Harry. I've got Theo. I've got Ben. I've got, oh, I'm sorry, Levi too. Harry, Levi, Theo, Ben. Bruno. Bruno. Bruno Scruno. That's I'm overwhelmed. Really beautiful. It's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, mom's boys are her heart and soul this Valentine's mm-hmm. Day, and I'll be celebrating with them. But as far as actually celebrating, like, I don't think we're doing diddly squat. Like, I think Zach and I have just agreed we're just going to let this year pass. And, like, I'm not offended. Like, I do not need a flower. I don't need a card. I don't need a chocolate. I don't need a gift. Like, I just need, like, and I don't I don't need a date this year. Like, I just need, like, time for myself, you know? That's that's fair. I'm not going to lie. Like, if I don't get flowers, like, I will be starting a fight. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> it's really not that hard. Like, but did you get anything for Ben? No. Did you get a card? Uh, actually, no. I usually, I, like, we've kind of let Valentine's Day slip a little bit over the years because our anniversary is so close and Harry's birthday, there's just mm-hmm. a lot going on. But I always get a curd. And this year, not only did I not get a curd, I'm not get, I'm not running to the store today. I'm not going to try and, like, finagle one. Like, it is what it is. I just feel like in, you know, heterosexual relationships, like, Valentine's Day is for the girl. Like, I'm not going to give a card I'm just gonna get one I'm not gonna give flowers but I'd like to receive them so you're saying I, sh- I should just sit back and like expect that even though I didn't lift a finger today that I should get something yeah that's literally what I'm saying okay will you just like text my husband and let him know that 100% um I'm also while I didn't get Ben anything like I curated our plans for this evening I procured the tickets so that's my what are you gift. doing me and Ben are going to sushi and then where? we're going oh, to Billy Joel. Well, don't tell everyone where you're going to dinner. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Yeah. What's the matter with the clothes I'm wearing? Can't you tell that they're out of style? I feel like it's going to be packed. I feel like, of course, he does like a show at the Garden every month. But I think, you know, for it's older gonna couples. It's going to be full of like lovebirds. I know we're actually going with the Taylors, so we're doing like a double date Valentine's and I'm excited. I never actually make plans for Valentine's Day ever because I think it's like a dumb corporate holiday, but it's cute. I think it's so cute. And even though I'm not participating this year, as far as I know, like look at Zach, he probably like booked a sitter, has the jet fired up, fired up the jet, literally that would never happen. Um, No, because you have a child. No, but like he could like book a sitter. He could, he could. Um, I don't think those things are happening. And even though we're not like celebrating this year, I'm not anti-Valentine's Day. I think it's so cute. I think 
when you're in so many different stages of your relationship, like it's so great to reaffirm. Like when you're dating, it, it can really like solidify a, Make a fledgling couple, you know? And I think so that's true. so cute. And, uh, you know, when you're engaged, when you just have like time. But right now I'm just, I don't have time this year. But I look forward yeah. to celebrating next year. And I'm not like boycotting the holiday or anything. And everybody who's celebrating, like I love seeing your celebrations and your posts. It's just, we ran out of time this year. Listen, you've got a child. I totally yeah. understand. I feel like I've already given up in so many aspects of my relationship. And I can only imagine how much worse it's going to get when I have a child. You know, like I stopped shaving my legs. Like, yeah. I, I don't even want to know the type of beast Ben is going to be married to come, you know, my child rearing years. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm hopeful that this is just a one year sort of thing. Like maybe next year we'll get back on track or we'll do something for our anniversary, which is in a few days. And, and I feel like we don't need to do something for both Valentine's Day and anniversary. We like to group it. Well, last year was probably your best Valentine's Day ever, right? Because Harry was what, like five days old? One day old because his birthday oh, was yeah, yesterday. Sorry. I forgot that Valentine's Day happens on the same day every year, you know, not like other holidays. <laughs> yeah, last year was even busier because Harry was born the day before Valentine's Day. So our Valentine's Day was just full of love. Zach did get me like a huge Venus of Floor flower arrangement. One thing about Zach is he is keeping Venus of Floor in business. He loves that company. Yeah. So that was really cute. And they were like all blue because we had just had a boy and they, they smelled really good. So that was really nice. Uh, and then our anniversary, I don't think we did it. I mean, we had a three day old, like we didn't do anything. Yeah. When's your anniversary? The 17th of February. <sighs> Not me like always thinking it was the 19th. Because I got married in 2019. So it's 2-17-19. I, I get confused what's, too. What's my wedding anniversary? September 27th no am I close 17th yes we're both the 17th oh my god look at us I honestly never put that together so now it'll be so much easier for me to remember we're so cute simpatico we're so like harmonious harmonious we're not acrimonious not so far not today because today is about love Today's about love. Today for me is also about fashion um, relief, <laughs> relief. I was talking all day yesterday. I was like so excited to be here today this morning having this thing behind me. Last night was my big fashion week event. Yeah, your girl modeled. She did comedy. It was actually like seeing the event all put together. It was kind of brilliant. I think like it's really hard to stand out as a brand during fashion week. Everybody does the same things and you just have to be like the biggest and the baddest and the most celebrities. And it's like it gets kind of monotonous and people forget and your show is so short. Um, but Cynthia Rowley, like her idea to have the clothes, there were no models. So the clothes were modeled by comedians of all different like ages, heights, sizes, and so there were six comedians. I was one of them and a host, Esther, so seven. And everyone was dressed in the new line. So we all had our show looks. And then right after our sets, we changed into new outfits. And by the time the last comedian was done, we all came out on stage and like took a bow with Cynthia in our second looks. So she got to like really show off. I think it was a total of like 14 or 15 looks. Um, her clothes looked amazing. And you got to see, like if you were there, like you got to see clothes on like real people with real bodies, like moving on stage. And like, it was really, it was a brilliant concept for Cynthia Rowley. And I was like, so excited to be a part of it. I loved my outfits. Like I, I've been told like, maybe I get to keep them. They'll be messenger to me. I won't hold my breath. I feel like they knew, they were like, yeah, just take it off so we could like shoot it. And then we'll send it to you. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm never seeing those pants again, but I'll buy them myself. Cause I really love yeah. them. Um, I had two great outfits. My set was good. I definitely felt, you know, really out of my league, especially, you know, I spent a few hours before um, in the hotel suite with all the other female comics and they're so like Ooh, seasoned it was at a and hotel. so legit. The, like, we were all in a hotel suite prior to the event upstairs above the Sony Music Hall. Um, while people were filling in, we were all getting like touch up on glam, getting, Cynthia came in and dressed each of us and styled us. Um, so I spent like a decent amount of time with all the other girls and I definitely like, I don't really suffer from imposter syndrome. I'm like, no bitch, I'm great. Like I need to be here. But I was feeling like major, like a fraud because these were like, like seasoned comics who've been you know doing this for like 15 years and they were all really nice. And I, I was, I'm so glad I did it, but I was definitely like quaking. It's good to challenge yourself. A hundred percent. Do you feel so accomplished today? I do. I mean, I'm so, I feel like half of like something like that 
half of my anxiety and nerves is centered around how I look. Like, does, do the clothes fit me? Do I look good? Do I like my hair and makeup? Um, and Cynthia knows how to dress a woman, you know? And she yeah. was like, her, during the fittings, like her major concern was like, does everyone feel good? Like, do you look good, but do you feel good? I felt great. All the clothes were like tailored to perfection for me. Um, so once like that was squared away and I knew what I was wearing and I knew that it fit and I knew I felt good and that I could move around on stage, I would say half of my like nerves went away, but then the obvious, like the performance anxiety performance. kicked in. But it was great. It was honestly an amazing night for comedy, an amazing night for fashion. For women. An amazing night for models. And the music for women and women in comedy. Women. women in comedy. That's you. Yeah, it was great. I had a blast. I'm so glad. And thank you for taking us along on the journey um, and behind the scenes of the fashion world. Fashion is, you know. Your passion. Cutthroat, man. Fashion is. I, I have a passion for fashion. Are there any other passions? The redheads. Well, thank you for bringing that up because I don't know if you saw, but yesterday we celebrated our three-year anniversary of the Redheads, which is wow. so crazy. We're on our 40th book. Wow. And we're just loving book club podcast life. So I really feel like you started it like six months ago. I know. That's because we're so fresh. And my perception of time is completely warped. We, everything happened. We know to, that. Everything has happened three to four months ago. Or yesterday. Yeah, and Harry was five days old on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Precisely. Um, no, it's a great time to become a redhead. The next book we're reading is The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. And it literally says on the cover, like, this book is amazing for book clubs. Read with Jenna chose it, and she always chooses premium books. So I haven't read it yet, but I just know it's going to be a fire book club choice. And it's going to spark interesting dialogue. It's all that matters, said the redheads. It's so true. So it's never too late to join well, congratulations us. congratulations like, on your, oh, you go. Don't feel intimidated. I feel like if you're not a redhead, you might be like, Jackie has this thing. There's 40 books. How could I catch up? You could start at any time to become a redhead. You could buy the book today, The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich, and you tune into our next episode, which drops the first Thursday of March, and you'll be caught up. That's how it goes. Jump right in. Or, or you could just like read a book from the last 40 and go listen to the episode. Read a book, any book. Yes, you could. Yeah. Give me a Give word. Give me a word. Any word. And I'll show you it is Greek. Redheads. Redhead comes from the Greek word redio, which means burnt. <laughs> Thank you for that. I literally love that movie more than more than I've ever loved anything. I know. Did you know that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson like produced that movie? No, I didn't. That goes in the plus column for them. Yeah, I found that out on the Good Guys podcast when I was a guest. The Good Guys. I was a guest on the Good Guys, and my episode drops because you're week. a good girl. Because I'm you're a, a good, good girl. girl. I am a good girl. Because you're a good girl, and you know it. Honestly. That video of Pia Mia singing that song. Oh, goodness. Add it to the Drake list. And Kanye at the Kardashian family dinner table. I believe it was posted on Kik. K-I-K. Remember that platform? That really was one of the weirdest things on the planet. You know? Yeah, but I think it also goes to show that you could have all the connections in the world. You could literally yes, be singing yes. Drake's song for him at an intimate dinner party. Yes. And it doesn't guarantee success. No, that's actually so true. I have often thought about what happened to the relationship between Pia Mia and the Kardashians because she was like a tried and true Kylie girl. They were like propping her up with her singing. She did go on to have, and she still does, she's pretty big on TikTok and she has like a singing career, but it's not even remotely close to what it should be given like her comeuppance and given that kick video. Yeah. So that's just a good lesson. So it's so true. I don't know what the lesson I mean, is. She also is like so, no, there's no lesson because it doesn't make sense. Someone who was like really genuinely talented, so well connected, beautiful, like really had all the makings of a star. I feel like maybe she took a step back. Hmm. Which I always respect because the industry always. is just toxic. toxic. And she's, toxic. she probably saw some things. Maybe. 
like Addison. I also think she's like a really big earner on OnlyFans. Oh, well, that's good to be your own boss. Let me double check that. I'm like pretty sure she's like one of the top or I'm actually making that up. I've like literally never looked at her Instagram. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, no, she's on here. And she's like one of the top earners. Oh it's God, $15 she has a so month. so many followers. Oh, she's so beautiful. She has so many followers. Yeah, she has 9 million followers on TikTok. But like people don't know who she is. Do you know what she I mean? She has 9 million followers on Instagram. She has 9. Yeah. That's crazy. But she has, comp- she has likes girl, off. You know what do you think about that? Oh. Okay. <clears throat> I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> My thoughts this on having likes off. My question was, she has her likes turned off. So you just see blank and others yeah. like the photo. So I would say nine times out of ten when I see your likes off, you're a hiding poor engagement. I don't care what you have to say. Like, <laughs> you are hiding the fact that you either have, like, some sort of fake followers or just, like, a really not engaged audience and Wait, you don't you have want like brands and other people. stale followers that you acquired years ago that just, like, are yep. not active accounts anymore. You didn't buy them, no, but, like, they're not engaged with you. And I will say one out of those ten, I do believe, is, like, really doing it for their mental health. Yes. Um... With like just not interested, not wanting to put so much validation on numbers and like emphasis on, I don't think that's, but I think everybody turns them off and says, oh, I'm doing this for my health. But I know you're doing it because there's an element of fraudulence to your business. Yeah, but I have a question. If you- Oh, and wait, sorry. Just know, if you ever see me turning that off, it is because I am getting poor engagement. Okay, good to know. I have thought of instances where I would turn it off and it wouldn't be because of engagement, but it would be because like I'm posting something that I feel like strongly about and I don't care how it does. Okay. And but I no, but see, most people turn off engagement for their whole profile. Right. It's not, not just, just like one, one picture. Piece of content. But like I feel like like I feel like Haley Bieber like sometimes like turns off comments on like a specific photo because she's like, I don't care what you guys want to say about this. By the way, comments is different to me. Yes. Like, if you want to turn off comments, I understand. It's like, I am not going to, on my page, give a platform for people to give me their thoughts on my appearance. That I understand. Well, I'm talking just about just, but I'm talking about just likes. Okay, but I have a question. The number of likes. Can I ask my question? Oh my God. <laughs> Calm the fuck down, bitch. It's Valentine's Day. But I've had Jesus a fucking Christ. I've had a question the whole time. Okay, I mean, and I told you this before we started recording. You're giving me a lag today, so like I can hear you three seconds after. So I'm responding late. Sounds like okay. Sounds like you have to come back here. Why don't you get your ass up here, bitch? I just spent ten days at your motherfucking house. Yell at me again. I fucking dare you. <laughs> I actually am. Yeah. Coming what was up. your question? I am coming up. My question, wench, was it, the person whose page it is. Even if they turn off likes, can they still see how many people liked it? I don't know. I've never done it. Yeah, because then it's like, you can't make the argument it's really for your mental health. You still see. But maybe the True. mental health comes in because it's like you don't have the pressure of like showing other people how uh, yes. sickening you are. Yeah, no, and then like other people will look and be like, wow, comparing, you know. I think it's more so for other people not to see it. I don't know if you see it on your own end, but um, I'm really glad you brought that up because whenever I see like certain people, I'm like, oh my God, you are such a fraud. Like I know you're just like having low engagement. Like own it, girl. Actually, no, I can't lie. I respect it because if that was me, like I would not own it and I would be like, guys, I need to protect my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I just saw whatever number of likes she actually gets, we would have sat here and been like, oh, she's finished. But instead, I'm like, she's yeah, protecting no. her peace. Yeah. And like, I'm over here, like, speaking on my high horse, because like, my Instagram, like, happens to have like, very high engagement. But like, that could change in a year. Yeah. And just know, like, I'm, I'm not above hiding. Like, I will hide. Yeah. When the day comes, it's there for a reason. It, it will. It's there for a it reason. It will. It will. Yeah. Take advantage of all the tools that Instagram has to offer. 100%. I think we all take advantage of Instagram's tools. I think we all do too. No, I definitely don't. I do the same thing. Like I just use stories and posts. No, same. You know, they always have like a new gimmick that they're hawking. So true. And it takes me like three years to. But if you're an early adapter, they'll push that shit to everyone. So true. But then everyone will hate you because they're seeing your stuff. It's like getting that YouTube album. It's so hard to be a creator. People don't know because like we make it look so easy. But this life, it's so hard. Like, it's literally so challenging. And people don't know. They don't know. No. 
They don't. But we're going to let them know, Turdy. Because let them know, Turdy. It is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know this Valentine's Day. And this gorgeous romantic loving episode is brought to you by Caraway. New year, new kitchenware with Caraway. Start your year off right with non-toxic kitchenware so you can ditch the chemicals and make healthier cooking a piece of cake. If you have watched any of our cooking vlogs or watched our Instagram stories, like Jackie, because she cooks more, but both of us, like we are obsessed with Caraway Home. If you are, by the way, if you're like cooking a romantic meal tonight for Valentine's Day, do the caraway use their products because your cleanup will be so much easier and it's like stuck on mess if you're cooking that means like your man should be cleaning up and if you're Uh using caraway like he won't he physically couldn't be leaving like it up chunks in the bottom of the pan and like burn marks and scrapes so it's good for everyone it's good for your relationship that the next time you go to use your caraway it will be clean Their internet famous cookware set is a staple for any home and it comes in multiple colors to fit with any design aesthetic. With our exclusive discount, you can save on the full suite of Caraway products. That includes the food storage, the tea kettle, the mini cookware. By the way, I didn't have the food storage and then I went to Jackie's house and in her pantry, she has the food storage, those little bin things. Genius, genius, because it's so hard to keep like, you know, your your cookware organized, but not with Caraway. All their sets come equipped with easy access storage solutions, so no stacking is required. Gone are the days of misplacing your lids, and gone are the days of toxic cookware. All their products are made without any toxic materials. Visit CarawayHome.com slash Toast10 to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. The deal is exclusive for our listeners. Visit CarawayHome.com slash Toast10. 10, that's T-O-A-S-T, one zero, or use code TOAST10 at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. Today's episode is also brought to you by our favorite bar, the Perfect Bar. Looking for a nutritious and delicious snack? Well, look no further than Perfect Bar. With their lineup of fresh-from-the-fridge protein bars, Perfect Bar is exactly what you and your family need. Your New Year's resolution to eat healthier should be enjoyable, right? So why not stack on something that's nutritious and delicious this year? Perfect Bar has you covered with their lineup of fresh-from-the-fridge protein bars. They're made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars, too. They are all so good and good for you. Whatever your palate... You will find something you like. You know, me, pickiest eater alive. The dark chocolate peanut butter with the little sea salt. That Perfect Bar is so good. I love that you keep Perfect Bars in the fridge. It kind of makes all other bars like really disgusting, like claiming to be fresh, but it's like you don't need to be kept in the fridge. So question mark. How could you do this today? Question mark. Um, oh, and that's about our conversation yesterday about keeping chocolate in the fridge. You know, the Perfect Bar is a good example of why you keep it in the fridge. It's the perfect consistency. Literally. Um, if you aren't it's also already convinced, Perfect Bar is non- fresh. Right. They're non-GMO project verified. They're gluten-free, soy-free, low GI, and kosher because Perfect Bar respects the Semites. Um, Perfect Bar knows that it'll be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for your email or texts from Perfect Bar and then upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they will reimburse you for the cost of one bar. It'll go directly into your Venmo or your PayPal account, which is pretty cool. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. You know what's better than a snack? A free snack. 100%. 100%. That's my tip of the day. Our first story, Olivia Wilde finds herself in some cringy waters again. Newly single Olivia Wilde is calling ASAP Rocky hot, tagging Rihanna in a cringy post. Olivia Wilde called ASAP Rocky hot on her Instagram story Monday and tagged the rapper's pregnant girlfriend, Rihanna, before deleting the post mere hours later. So she posted a reel to her story of ASAP Rocky, like like supporting and loving Rihanna's performance at the Super Bowl. And she said, if I thought he was hot before, this really put me over the edge. Many fans found her caption to be cringy and questioned why she would brazenly <laughs> tag the couple who have been dating since 2020. So true. People said it's inappropriate, etc. She removed the post from her story amid the backlash before addressing her followers who, quote, got it twisted, saying, it's hot to respect your partner, especially when your partner just did that. Okay, let me say how I actually conceptually really agree with her point. The point being like, Men, you know, who support like really kind of 
I would say more successful women than them and like are so supportive and not intimidated. Like I agree, that's an extremely attractive quality. But Olivia Wilde's like out here being on the same level of fame as them yes. and like tagging them like and her verbiage like makes it cringe 101. However, I do support the message. I want to say. I agree. And if she were a lay person and I just saw a friend of mine of post course. this on their feed, I'd be like, oh, you can think, you know, ASAP Rocky's hot. We all have a celebrity crush. And now he's even hotter because he supports his woman. Um, uh-huh. I wouldn't think twice about it. But the fact that she's a fellow celebrity who's like, they're going to hear about this. And even if she had just said what she said in the second part, like it's, you know, it's hot to support your partner. But she said, if I thought he was hot before, which... So you're crushing on him. So you're crushing on him, which is fine when you're a lay person, but it's like weird when you're a fellow celebrity. I can't explain what the difference is, but it's weird. Um, So random, but I saw this on Twitter this morning and I like rolled my eyes hard and I was curious, did you make it a story about Bethany? No. Okay. She's like really annoying me, but like she like has to, you know, she has to comment on everything mm-hmm. and she's like getting backlash for her comments on the Rihanna, um, Super Bowl performance. She said she's it like, was I saw good, her perform, but not great. I saw her perform years ago during the same month that Pink performed. She was much less inspired than Pink as a performer. She wasn't even comparable. Pink was just like so incredibly passionate. I thought I would just throw it up, throw it up because Rihanna puts business first. The Super Bowl performance was good and not great and being pregnant cannot make that easy. But it was a spectacular Fenty brand performance and that's where the big Super Bowl win was last night. Take all the money she has made making music and multiply, multiply that by a lot for what Fenty is making. The rest is just a vehicle for what that mega beauty brand success. She is one of the last few who will cash out that way as a celebrity beauty brand are super saturated. She crushed that Fenty beauty performance and even she did a touch up of her face and a token touch and sniff on her vagina, which many of us could have done without. Um, I like, I'm in like my anti-Bethany era, which is so crazy because like you could not catch me not defending everything she did, especially like that season of um, Housewives in Columbia. I just, like, shut up. Yeah, no, I don't care that Pink was inspiring a few years ago and more inspired than Rihanna. Like, I love Pink. I'm constantly inspired by Pink. I didn't watch Rihanna, though, and say Pink is more inspiring. No, it's literally that TikTok sound. Why the fuck did you have to bring that up? Like, no one was talking about Pink. Literally. And, like, Bethany, I hate to say this next three words. As a woman... (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I hate and Jackie. Like, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> yes. Yes to what I hate to say these next three words because it's like, ugh. But it's true. As a woman no, and, and not not because as a mother. No, yes. As a woman who knows what it's like to be pregnant. Not because women have to blindly support other women and, and just No, no. Because she's pregnant. It's like, bitch, you know. You know what that must have been like. Yeah. Not even just getting up there and shaking your thing, but the months and months of prep work when you feel like hot garbage. Yeah. So No, I said it yesterday. I will not tolerate any sort of slander about the performance. And Bethany is just like in this era of her career, whether it's on TikTok, her podcast, she has to say like annoying, outrageous things. That's how she gets press. And it's how like she feeds to her followers and gets more followers and gets more listens. And I think that's the most annoying type of celebrity. And I feel like I never, ever expected that to become Bethany's career post Housewives. Like she was too good for all this stuff. And now she's just like, you know, in the sewer like everyone else. Yeah. The like, and I hate to sound like a teacher, but it's like you can have, you know, some less than stellar things to say about Rihanna's performance if you if you know less than stellar things to think about Rihanna's performance if you can think whatever you want but like why do you have to say everything that you think like it's just it's so unnecessary like oh it was good not great okay so you thought it was good no by the way I only agree with that pertaining to this like sure share your thoughts always but like leave the pregnant woman alone you know share your thoughts always but like it's so minute. She's not even saying anything like radical or new. She's just saying it was good. Not great. Pink would have been better. Like, does that need to be said? No. And it's like, why don't you do your research? Pink uh, has refused the Super Bowl halftime show. She has? She's not doing it. Yeah. Why? Yeah. She refused in 2019 when like the NFL was getting like a lot of flack and there was like a lot of controversy, like with the anthem. She like stood with the players and didn't want to work with the NFL. But the players work with the NFL. No, that's a good point. And I think also um, Cardi B, that was the year that Maroon 5 did it, I think, because like nobody else wanted to do it. Yeah, there were so a I don't few know if that, years like, that- where it was like, um, 
now that we've had a, a halftime show that was remarkable this year, I'm looking back at the last few years. I'm like, yes, I can say now those were bad. Like I didn't like last year's now seeing remarkable. Oh, I liked last like, year's. It was, especially like if you're a huge fan of hip hop, like if they had done that for a country, like you would have gagged and people would have been like, this sucks. That's you true, know? but it was just like, so I only remember it because like I was watching and like in the hospital. So it was just like a memorable thing, right. but meh. So I actually was looking up yesterday. You know what the, the most watched ones are? Live? Yeah. Okay. Okay, I can't remember who the third... Oh, the third was Lady Gaga. Okay. This, who was the second? I think the second was Rihanna. But the first really surprised me. Um, Guess. I'm, so I'm going to have to... Like, uh, Bruno Mars? Mm-mm. Coldplay? Katy Perry. You're lying. That, I mean, you have to think about wh- what, where Katy Perry was at the time in her career. Hmm. I mean, I loved her. You know so I love her. I, you know what's so important? It's so important for me to mention, like, it was a TikTok, so it might not be, like, I like. I weirdly, accurate. like, I'm do just, not believe that. And also, the, the halftime show, like, I believe that Rihanna brought viewers to the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. But I think, generally speaking, the halftime show is, like, just watched by the people who are watching the Super Bowl. No. By the way, it was right. Rihanna's halftime show averaged 118.7 million viewers, making it the second most watched in Super Bowl history. Katy Perry's 2015 performance still holds the top mark at 121 million. That's crazy. But like, and I mean, I loved her halftime show. That's just surprising. I also wonder if, if 2015 was just like, if the NFL was more popular in 2015. Yeah. You know? I think there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors, but that's interesting. Um, and then who was it before last year? You want me to pull up? Let me pull up the list yeah. of... It's like, because there was like a couple of years where like they had to keep tapping Beyonce and Bruno oh, Mars. Like nobody oh, else wanted to do it. Um, J-Lo and Shakira. I thought that was amazing. Uh, I thought it was great too. And okay. then there list was... List of Super Bowl halftime shows. Maroon 5 was... Uh, and... Justin, Maroon 5 was eh. And Justin Timberlake was eh. Major. That was the one that we were at. Yeah, but you know what? We never saw it on TV, so we don't even know what it was like. Okay, so Rihanna was this year. Last year was the hip-hop um, medley, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Oh, the year before that was The weekend. I thought that was very forgettable. Agreed. Yeah. Shakira and J-Lo, I thought that was great. Maroon 5, meh. Justin Timberlake, meh. Lady Gaga, best of the best. Like, Stellar. really, she put her whole gagussy into that. Then before that was Coldplay, Beyonce, Bruno Mars. That was Loved. good. Really good. Loved. Then Katy Perry. Then Bruno Mars, who brought out Red Hot Chili That's Peppers. one of my favorites of all time. And then before that was Beyonce's solo. Amazing. Where she wore that black leotard. Amazing. 2012, Madonna. Don't remember it. 2011, the Black Eyed Peas. Uh, really, truly, I just saw a clip of it. I remember um, it, it being very bad. Uh, you know they were singing live. That's what I'll say, okay? Then 2010, The Who. I must have missed that. That's not for us. 2009, Bruce. I'm sure people love that. I feel like football fans and Bruce fans, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. So uh, maybe the views weren't that high because not new people tuned in. Right. But also, like, times change. 2008, Tom Petty. 2007, and I believe this is probably considered one of the greatest of all time, Prince and the Florida A&M Marching Band. I think that's, like, the one people are always referencing. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah. 2006, Rolling Stone, then Paul McCartney. 2004, of course, Janet Jackson. How could we forget? Ooh, 2003. This is an iconic lineup. Shania Twain, No Doubt, and Sting. 2002, U2, 2001, Aerosmith, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Mary J. Blige, and Nelly. So it was like a medley. I love a medley. And then we're getting into the 1900s, and I'm just... I'm That's where our research ends. Very interesting. So anyways, I think that this was the best one in years. Since Lady Gaga. I agree. And that's what happens when yeah. you choose one person. And that's why I like when you choose one person. Yes, I am personally not into the medleys. No, I'm not into the medleys. Everyone becomes kind of forgettable. Sorry. No, and it's just like a, you're right. It's just a, 
almost like a mosaic. And there's you no, you know what there is? Another word. Yikes. There's no accountability. If it's good, who made it good? If it's bad, who made it bad? Right, and what do you call it? Because you, you, you won't say, oh, that was the year that eight people performed and listen out. It's like, oh, that was Beyonce's year. Yeah. I think the one, if anyone from Apple Music, they're in charge now. One. Make a choice. Well, their first one, their first one was excellent, so I have hope. Yeah, their first one was excellent. But you know what's so funny? Like, when it was the Pepsi show, I don't think Pepsi really got involved in terms of, like, creative, dancing, lighting, choreography. But I'm sure Apple Music gets involved now, like, for more of a creative standpoint. That's, like, what they do. Yeah, I think they could just probably be more helpful. Yeah. But Pepsi has agencies and stuff for everything, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um... So anyways, back to Olivia Wilde. I also want to take this time to mention that Ted Lasso season premiere date dropped March 15th on Apple+. Plus. How long will it have been from season two to season three? Hmm. I do not know. Some help Googling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you Google? I just want to see. So you said when is it being released? March 15th. Of this year? Yeah, like next month. In a month. Okay, and season two premiered of July 2021. Two years. Damn. Well, it wasn't even that hard for us because we watch late. Yeah, of course. Like, I, of course, always late to everything. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Just wanted to get everyone excited. But episodes are dropping weekly, so I guess we'll be talking about it in April. I cannot stand these streaming services who literally changed our habits, like, Oh, we're going to be new and different. We're going to bulk drop a season. And we're like, oh, we love this. And we got used to it. And now they're like, even Netflix, like, oh, you like Love is Blind? Here's three episodes. Bitch, give me eight. No, they turned us into addicts. Yes. And now they're taking away the product. No, but you know what it is? Now I think, I don't think they can really keep up with how fast people consume all their shit. They spend like a year and hundred million dollars making one season that people will consume in two days, talk about for three and then move on from. That's like not a sustainable business. No, but they got us hooked on Netflix with this binging, which is, was not an, yeah. un, which was not a healthy practice to begin with to spend your whole weekend no. at home watching a whole season of television. But that's like now how but, the world works. And now they're taking it away from us. No, I think they created a culture and a trend in which they cannot keep up. Yeah. The, the, the shelf life of a show that like drops the whole season and goes viral. I mean, Bridgerton, literally their biggest show. We talked about it for a week. Yeah. In general, I'm here for like healthier television watching habits, but. They're but don't the get me hooked on They phonics. got us hooked on stuff. Yeah. And then take it away. Yeah. And now like what else? We're monsters. Literally. Fiending for content. Our next story is actually some more Super Bowl news drama. Okay. Because Terry Bradshaw is facing backlash for his- <gasps> I know. Wait, wait. Can I guess what it was? Because me and Ben turned to each other. <laughs> is it Waddle? Yeah. Amongst a couple other things. For his Super he Bowl would... post-game remarks to Kansas City he Chiefs should. coach Andy Reid. So after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl- <clears throat> Terry Bradshaw, who's an analyst for Fox NFL Sunday, came out to this field. He's also a reality show star. Oh, right. Bradshaw Bunch. He was uh, trying to get Andy Reid's attention. He said, big guy, let me get the big guy in here. Come on, waddle over here. Have a cheeseburger on us. Okay, so I will say the cheeseburger thing didn't shock me as much because Ben said, like, this guy, after every win, like, has a burger. That's, like, his thing. Okay. So it's so important that is to acceptable. know that. The context. But me and Ben looked at each other <laughs> when he said waddle. Because that's a really fucking mean thing to say to like an overweight older person. Um, and it's like, all right, Terry Bradshaw, calm down. Like you waddle too, okay? Right. And I, I'm sure they know each other and I'm sure it's fine. And I don't think Andy Reid gives a shit. But like I as a viewer, I was definitely like, damn, savage. Yeah, I have to imagine that they go way back. Terry Bradshaw yeah. is not the most fit. So it's like. Right. You know, it's kind of funny. No, if like a young, really fit person would have said it, fired on the spot. Fired. Fired. But like, I think that they have this relationship. It's reminding me of like the Luke Bryan 
uh, intro. Dustin at, Lynch. At Dustin Lynch. Like, he's roasting him. We don't get it because, like, we don't know them. But, like, that's how they talk to each other. I think also, like, football talk is just, like, fucking harsh. Different. And it's yeah. weird for a lay person to see it. And we're, like, so precious. We're, like, you PC. Can't, you can't talk like that. It's Terry Bradshaw being fat phobic. No, it's so true. And they're, like, shut but, up. Um, I have to imagine it was some sort of, you know, unspoken bond between them. Yes, I because re- Terry Bradshaw like is a professional. He's been in the business forever. I'm sure he knows this man forever. And some conver- some conversations between friends doesn't make sense to the outsider. Yeah, but I'm it's gonna also, assume that it's also because- Terry Bradshaw's job to know that millions of outsiders are watching your conversation. I just, I'm going to assume that that's the case because the alternative is so fucking mean and sad. Cruel. Like Andy Reid was so cute, so proud. He's like, I'm not retiring. Like, I love this man and I refuse to let anyone disrespect him. So I'm going to just live under the guise that they're besties and they joke about waddling all the time. Yeah. The alternative is cruel. And I actually learned some interesting fact about Andy Reid and like his Hmm. ties to the Kelsey family is that Andy Reid used to be the coach for the Eagles. And when he was the coach for the Eagles, he drafted Jason Kelsey. And then he became the coach for the Chiefs where he drafted Travis Kelsey. Wow. So I'm sure Mama Kelsey has a warm spot in her heart for Andy as well. Yeah. And so I don't think Mama Kelsey would tolerate any sort of Andy Reid slander. No. Andy Reid slander. Disgusting. Oh, madam. So glad other people picked up on that because me and Ben were like cackling. We're like, what the fuck? That's so goddamn rude. Yeah, that's so funny. Also, in the post game, like when they got on the field, I think, who did they get to talk to first? It might have been Andy Reid. But they were also trying to follow the reunion between Travis and Jason. But they had Andy Reid on. And like, so the camera had to go to him. Obviously, it's a big get. But like, I was like, wait, go back. They're about to sync up. Like, no, when the game is over and everyone's families come and the players shake each other's hands, like, it's so chaotic. And honestly, they pretty much always do a good job of, like, getting the moment, no matter what the moment is. But it's tough. That's a tough part of the job, I have to imagine. Like, being the camera coordinator, like Josh Dumel from Life As We Know It. Yeah, but also to be, like, the person on the field, the the sideline reporter. But I think that's also what makes, you know, the job, that's the exciting part of the job. You know, when the game was over, they had all the players on the field before any of the interviews started. And I saw they like were at a glance. I saw Erin Andrews fucking elbow her way through this mob to get to um, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes with her cameraman. And you know what? I feel like that's a huge part of sideline reporting that most people don't think about. It's like being an animal. Yeah. You got to have sharp elbows. I was like, I'm like, go, bitch. She was literally plowing through people like, yeah, it was crazy. Love that for her. Could never be me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, it could. No, I would be talking. I just need need a cocktail. I'd have the exclusive with the water boy. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say. You literally would. Who drank the most water? Who drank the least? What kind of water was it? Who drank the least water? And tell me, like, a little bit about what one of the tougher parts of your job. And Juliana, do you drink a lot of water? Great question. Is there anyone who's not allowed to have some of this water? Okay, like you're beating it to death. No, I think there's a lot you could glean from the water boy. Well, there's also, I saw on the TV, a water girl. Like when people got off like the offense or defense, there was like a girly with a Gatorade water bottle, like pouring the water in their mouths. Love, I saw that too. I thought that was genius. They didn't have to take their helmets off. Okay, yeah, because I saw someone doing it with, with their helmet off and I was like, oh wow, they can't even drink their own water, these divas. <laughs> it might have been because it was like the group's water bottle. So he could have put oh. his mouth on it. Okay, good point. Because honestly, I was judging. Might have been like COVID protocol. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Good point. Okay, are you ready for our next story? Which I'm finding fascinating. It's one of our favorite subjects to talk about. Which is about... No. Okay, so I'd say like top 20 favorite subjects. Okay. (laughs) Which is about having sex on screen with your co-stars. Intimacy, okay. um, In the arts, not in pornography. Pornography, yeah. And confusing. we're always talking about pornography, so you had to make that That was confusing. Uh, Penn Badgley is going deeper on swearing off racy you sex scenes. He said that aspect of Hollywood has been very disturbing. So Penn Badgley has been in the headlines recently, and not only because part one of the fourth season of You dropped on February 9th, on his podcast, 
Pod Crushed last week, he talked about his strong dislike of filming intimate scenes, and the internet exploded with thoughts about his remarks. He also said that he'd shared his feelings with Sarah Gamble, the U showrunner ahead of the season. In turn, he said Gamble had a really positive response, and they came back with a phenomenal reduction for season four of all the racy sex scenes. In two wide-ranging interviews for this week's Variety cover story, which will be released on February 15th, Badgley spoke expansively on the subject. In our story, Badgley details how the number of sex scenes he knew he'd have to do for you had been a major factor in 2017 in him not wanting to play the role of Joe Goldberg, who's a killer, mm. serial killer and love addict. I've never seen the show. The whole series after Me all. Were, oh, you haven't? No, and now, is Joe Goldberg a Jew? Of course, they make the serial killer a Jew. Kill me. Totally. The whole series revolves around Joe's romantic fixations and how he gets the women he's fallen for to submit to his charms. By design, you has a lot of sex. He spoke carefully about describing his discomfort with sex scenes, quote, having done a fair amount of them in his career. He said, it's not a place where I've blurred lines. There's almost nothing I could say with more consecration. That aspect of Hollywood has always been very disturbing to me. And that aspect of that job, that mercurial boundary, has always been something that I actually don't want to play with at all. He's also now older than his romantic interest on the show. And it didn't used to be the case, he said. He wishes he didn't have to do any sex scenes. It's important to me in my real life to not have them. He said, my fidelity in my relationship, it's important to me. And actually, it was one of the reasons that I initially wanted to turn down the role. I didn't tell anybody that, but that is why. He's been married since uh, 2017 to Domino Kirk Badgley. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I believe he's married to Jemima Kirk's sister. No way. Yeah, Domino Kirk. Okay, that's so interesting. Um, I have to say, I never thought I'd hear like a man in Hollywood say like he's uncomfortable that he has to kiss women on screen who are younger than him. Like that is next level. Like that's what a normal person would say, but people in Hollywood don't seem to care. Yeah, but he said that his wife encouraged him to take the role still. um, And he was obviously going to listen to her more than anyone. And so in this current season of You, there are fewer sex scenes and they are all performed fully clothed. Hmm. I have mad respect for this. Me too. Like to turn down a hit show for like season two, season one blew up and to not want to return because of like something you morally struggle with. Um, And then to make a change, like to actually enact change with the showrunner. I think that's, that's pretty cool. And to like admit that it's fucking weird, which we all think, but then everybody, you know, all the greats tell us that it's not. And it's just like, you know, Playing a part. A part of the job and it's not romantic. And we can't wrap our tiny little lay people heads yeah. around how that could be. So true. Because our brains are so small. <laughs> no, whenever anyone in a relation, in a film or a TV show is asked about intimacy scenes, intimacy scenes, they're just always like, oh, you don't understand. Like, it's such not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But like, to its core, you know, being in a relationship and whether it's real or fake, Putting your lips on someone else like has to be even slightly discomforting. But it's not even just kissing. like, And the way that these scenes have increased in yeah. sexual nature, especially with the streaming shows, they're not on cable. Like They don't have as many right. things and sensors to worry about. Like Things are getting fucking crazy out there. So true. So maybe back in the day, it's like, okay, I can kiss someone and not fall for them or not have a feeling. Um, and But I think these days, like the sexual scenes are so much more graphic that they're doing to be things. Completely, to be completely 100% naked against another person, even though they probably have like socks on the genitals, but like your whole body skin to skin, like there's something deeply intimate about that. Yeah. So to just brush it off like it's nothing is like, it's a lie. Yeah, but also like it seems like in this show in particular, like it's extremely sexual, multiple partners, a lot of sex. and I have never been with multiple partners. Not every sex you know so in some movies like you're gonna have this one partner maybe the two of you are able to compartmentalize you have like a good relationship with that I'm just tra- talking like the actors you know yeah but to do this like over and over and over again like that is it's crazy and I'm glad he's admitting it and he's trying to you know stay faithful to his wife but his wife is understanding but it's a crazy part of the job especially as these scenes get more and more gratuitous yeah, no, we've definitely gotten to a place where they're like insane. Like I've, like I, there's just some crazy shit I've seen over the years on, you're right, like streaming where there's no sort of like, you know, mothers against t- parenthood. You know, that's why like so much stuff can't be on cable. It's like those organizations for like kids, parents, 
who don't want their kids to be scrolling through and like see a boob. Um, but there is none of that. It's totally unregulated on streaming services. Yeah, because like you sign up for it, like you're a consenting adult right. and they can put whatever they want on there. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And he's never been like one of my faves um, as neither. an actor, but I'm just like, oh, that's pretty cool. No, I have respect for this. I have respect. Before we dive in to the next couple of stories, let me just tell everyone that today's episode is sponsored by Third Love. Most bras suck, and it's a real bummer, but Third Love knows that it's not you, it's the bra. They have spent years designing bras for your body. They make over 60 sizes, and they even invented half cups, so you will always get the perfect fit, which means that you will always look and feel your best. So whatever type of bra you're looking for, whether it's like an everyday bra, something more full coverage, something without a, a lining, want a little bit of extra lift, a little va-va-voom for Valentine's Day, Third Love's best-selling bras are all designed to fit and support your body. They have a style for every solution and outfit, and they will make you look and feel great no matter what you're wearing. Um, so I think the beauty of Third Love and the reason why I fell in, the, I fell in love with the brand like many years ago is because I did not know what actual size bra I needed until I took their quiz. And what's so crazy is that I had gotten my boobs measured in like stores before and even in store, I got a less accurate sizing than I did on the third love website. I could not believe I was like literally wearing the wrong size. They asked so many questions in the quiz, like about your breast shape, how they hang, your current bra size, what's wrong with your current bra size, what you like, what you don't like. It's really helpful. And it's always important to keep doing it because your bra size can change over six times within your lifetime. So they make it easy to find your perfect bra with their virtual fitting room. It has helped over 20 million women find their perfect bra size. And they have the perfect fit promise. You'll never get stuck with a bad bra again. Returns and exchanges. Oh, I'm wearing my third love. Yeah, I'm wearing my third love bra today. Ditch bad bras. Get a better one that makes you look and feel great. Upgrade your bra and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash toast. That's 20% off your first order today at thirdlove.com slash toast. Honestly, it is time for you to stop wearing like that broke down bra. Get a new one. Thank you, Turdy. Yeah, you're welcome. Our next story, Forbes has released the world's highest paid, 10 highest paid entertainers. They've relisted? Excuse me? They've released? What'd you say? Released? You said, you said relist. I don't know what that means. Me neither. That's why I'm asking for clarification because you said <laughs> it. <laughs> released. Forbes says release their list. These are my favorite lists. Yeah, this one's particularly interesting because it's entertainers, so it covers the gamut. It's how much they made this year. So keep those things in mind. Number okay, but also I think lists like this, it's so important, so important to also keep in mind. That in order to be um, eligible for this list, you have to willingly submit like financial documents to prove that you made this. So there's entirely possible that people who are not on this list because they didn't want to send their fucking tax return to Forbes and they don't want people knowing how much money they make. So yes. just keep that in mind. But um, this list, a lot of the people on it are because they made deals this year that was public information. Like they sold the rights to Got their it. music and like we all know how much they yeah. made. They didn't submit that like, you know. When, okay. so, uh, sometimes when people do deals, like we know, oh, it's a $500 million deal. Forbes said they made $500 million. Like it's really not that hard. Number okay. one, Genesis, $230 million. The pioneers of- Who is that? The, they're the pioneers of progressive rock. What's progressive rock? <laughs> and they topped- no, seriously. The list with a $300 million music rights sale to Concord Music Group in September. So they sold all their music- for 300 mil. Sorry, is Genesis a band? They're the pioneers of progressive rock. And if you don't know what that means, I can't help you because I don't know. Okay, like, what the fuck is Genesis? They're I'm an artist on Spotify. Gen Their number oh. one song is Invisible Touch. Shall I play it? Oh, they're an old school British band. Okay, so they sold their catalog. Okay, I, I needed some clarification. I understand now. Thank you. No, you don't need to play it. I don't care. Fans of Genesis also like Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, <laughs> Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Got yes. It. So how much did they so sell their catalog for? $300 million. Wow. Also, Phil Collins is part of Genesis. Oh. He and has I solo see income your colors shining through i yeah. love phil collins i would see him in concert uh 
Totally. And that's like a little confusing. I guess he's one third of Genesis, which is they're the pioneers of progressive rock. And don't you forget it. Um, touring and recorded music royalties also rounded out their income. So that was a nice big deal for Genesis. Happy for Lily Collins's dad. Happy for Lily Collins. It's been a great year for Lily Collins. Yeah, it's always a great year for Lily Collins. Though you never know what yeah. someone's going through. No, it's so true. But like to be born into such privilege and have, you know, like the perfect life. Yeah, no, Naturally she's gorgeous. Yeah, she's really natural. She's been beautiful since she popped on the scene at like 15. Yeah, great roles, good talent. Mm-hmm. You know, don't forget Blindside. Yeah. Oh, how could I? Number two, Sting, $210 million, the 17-time Grammy winner and former police frontman, uh, pocketed $300 million before fees by selling his entire musical output, both solo and with the police, to Universal Music Group in February. So another one who sold his catalog. Right, so if anyone's wondering, like, why Taylor Swift was, like, so mad about owning her music, like, this is why. Because at a certain point in everyone's career, Justin Bieber just sold his. It is your biggest asset, and that's how you, like, cash out of the music industry. Yeah, but it also is interesting to know that people do sell their music. Yeah, by the way, I'm sure Taylor would have sold it if she had owned it. That's why she wanted it, so that eventually she could sell it. Yeah, but she didn't buy it from them when they made her number. She tried. They said they offered. And she said, yes, you did offer to to sell me back each album every time I made a new one for you. So, like, she would have to make eight more albums with them to get all eight back or however many it was. She's like, okay, you give me Lover... I'll give you Taylor Swift debut. It was like a one for one. Right. No, but that was Scott. But I thought that Scooter offered for her to buy it when she was like upset that he owned it. The company that like worked with Scooter, like I think it was called like Shamrock or whatever. They offered to sell it to Taylor. And Taylor was like, well, if I buy it, I'm making money for Scooter. Like Scooter gets paid out. She's like, I will not pay any sort of I will not make a deal in in a in a way where Scooter gets any sort of benefit. Yes. And then the original issue was that that she didn't own her music. Scott Borchetta owned it because she signed a contract when she was so young and it was not right. a good contract. No, not at all. But she was just like happy to get a gig. Yeah. But like that's where the issue stems from is like the fact that she didn't own her music to begin with. Yeah. And most small artists with like no sort of like people not who have no viral on TikTok, like they have no leverage. People who just like earnestly want to get into the music industry. That's what record labels do. They like take advantage of them because every now and then somebody hits. And also because the record label provides a service and they're not running a yeah. charity. Yeah, but of course. It's a little sharky. Not a little like you it's know, sharky. They, it's sharky. It's, and, and they it's predatory of like young, innocent people. Yes, but the record label could be the difference between them, you know, continuing to make songs on TikTok and doing a world tour. Yes. Third, Tyler Perry, $175 million. The actor, director, writer, studio mogul had another lucrative year thanks to simultaneous income streams from film, his BET TV shows, and the sprawling production backlot he outright owns in Atlanta. In his second year amongst Forbes' top 10 highest paid entertainers, he is the list's sole billionaire with an estimated $1 billion fortune. I'm obsessed with Tyler Perry. I feel like every time I learn something new about his business, like I didn't know he owned this huge back lot. I'm sure like you every didn't? studio. No, like I am more impressed and I just love him. Yeah, he's incredibly impressive. Yeah. And it's also impressive that like he's the first person we've discussed on this list who didn't um, have like one big sale. It's like he made all this money top three from like multiple. That's like such a diversified portfolio, like to make money yes. in different revenue streams. And he, and with that, he will be on this list again next year. And the other ones right. probably won't be. Will not. Right. Yeah. Sustainable. Yeah. Number four, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. They're the duo behind South Park, and they had another banner year thanks to earnings from a legacy HBO Max deal and Book of Mormon. I didn't realize that they wrote Book of Mormon. The oh, majority, I totally see it. The majority comes from their Paramount deal signed in 2021, which guaranteed the pair $935 million over six years. Another one who probably did not give their tax returns to Forbes to care about being on this list, yeah. but it's public information. Wait, 935. What's so crazy? Like, who the fuck watches South Park? Like, I know it's everyone does, but like, I literally don't know one person. No, and like, they are geniuses. No, and they have like years and years and years of iconic episodes that people are obsessed with. And I'm sure that's what the deal was, you know, selling the catalog to Paramount so they could live, live and then continue to create content for them for the next six years. Selling South Park to Paramount. That's it. Right. Probably. Yeah, like the catalog. 
Yeah, another That's so crazy. Knows, oh, they'll be here again next year because they definitely just did nine hundred and thirty-five divided by six. Six. And so they'll be on this list for the next six years unless other people out right. earn them. Next, That's James L. Deal. Brooks and Matt Groening, $105 million. They are the creators of The Simpsons. The same but different. Same thing, yeah. They um, sold all 30 seasons to Disney Plus from FX in April 2019 in a streaming deal made after Disney's previous acquisition of Fox. Uh, hmm. So that's great. That's crazy. Good for them. Next, number six. Like, and that was crazy because the last th- number of people have been like back end people. Mm-hmm. Is Tings. Um, but number six is Brad Pitt with $100 million. Wow. The majority sale of his Plan B production company in December earned the actor an estimated $113 million after fees. The deal also had Hollywood chattering. It's definitely become a brand, says one lawyer, adding that Plan B, in addition to producing Oscar winners Moonlight, 12 Years a Slave, and The Departed, likely owns back ends and has a development slate that would increase its value. Oh, so he had a big sale. He He had a big sale and he earned an additional $30 million estimated. So he didn't. Submit stuff if it's estimated from mm-hmm. roles in Bullet Train, Babylon, and The Lost City. Well, that's so interesting. You know who I feel like will be on that list um, in the next few years is Margot Robbie. Like all the movies that she does now, she does it all her own production company, and they're all Oscar contenders. And I think hers will be will be big like that too. That's so interesting. I didn't know he had one of those. And that there's real money in it. I thought sometimes they get into directing. You know, Pro- no, for like the art. passion project. Yeah, I just. I love to see behind the screen. Yeah, see Kevin Hart come has to one life. too. But no, he it's produces most of his movies. Big money maker. That's so interesting. Now it makes sense why everyone does it. Yeah. Well, not everyone, but like a bunch of people. Number seven, Rolling Stones, ninety-eight million. They grossed $136 million from their tour and record royalties, and they pocketed over $8.5 million per night on their 15 city tour across Europe. Per night. Summer. Yeah. That's crazy. Nice. Nice. Number eight, James Cameron. I'm still awaiting your call. $95 million. Okay, uh, the yes. smash success of Avatar sequel made him the first director of three of the highest grossing movies of all time alongside Avatar and Titanic. His second outing to Pandora netted him at least $95 million, according to industry insiders, in a deal that's said to be back-end heavy with bonuses for crossing certain foxhole thresholds. So yeah, back-end is that. how you make 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 money, but also you know making the biggest movies of all time is how you make right, money. right. No, of course, but like I'm sure James Cameron's like director fee from the studio was like not that much, but he's like yeah, but you every time this movie makes a dollar, I get ten cents. Yeah, interesting. Gotta makes sense. Movie. Yeah, number nine, tailored Swift. million combined income streams from physical record sales streaming on platforms like Spotify, digital downloads, licensing, and sync make up her earnings. It begs the question, what can she do? Crashing Ticketmaster with insane demand for her Midnight's tour in November suggests an even bigger 2023 for her, and she'll be on the road for 52 nights across the U.S. with a potential nine-figure payout as well as a result. Yeah, I'll be curious uh, what her number is next year because this is just a regular year for Taylor of being a singer, you know, merch, yeah. album. But a tour is really where you make money as a as a musician. And I would be very curious. I'm sure every time she does a tour, she becomes like, you know, the top uh, rate, like the top, the most generated revenue from a female tour. Like she's up there with Beyonce and Madonna. And I'm sure this next one will just take it to the next level. Yeah, so no one had a really big tour this year in contemporary music, like the Rolling Stones had a big tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only person who comes to mind is Harry Styles. Yeah. And he's not on this list. But you want to know why? Even though it's so crazy, like Harry Styles did not play any arenas. Sorry, any stadiums, excuse me. I know, um, but like the amount of arenas he was doing, like I you know. do stadiums so you don't have to work every night. That's true. But, but if you still- do tent arenas... Like the Forum and Madison Square Garden, that's I think 20,000 people, whereas like a MetLife Stadium is like 100. Crazy. Number 10, big tour this year, Bad Bunny, $88 million. The Puerto Rican rapper, best known for combining reggaeton, uh, charmed millions around the world as he flew on a palm tree 
on tour. He appeared alongside Brad Pitt in Bullet Train and challenged Machismo with gender fluid style. The lion's share of his income came from two tours performed in arenas and his The World's Hottest Tour, which was his first time playing in the biggest possible stadiums. Endorsements with the likes of Corona, Cheetos, and Adidas were icing on the cake. Right, so he got on the list as somebody who played stadiums, arenas, and two tours. Yeah, and movie, and album, and endorsements. Right. Interesting. He's hard. Was that the fifth and final? No. Oh. That was the fourth and fourth. Good to know. I'm sorry. That was the fourth and penultimate. Yes. Because our fifth and final story is some exciting news for us 90s kids. S Club. Club. There ain't no party, ain't like, no an party like an S Club. Gonna show you how. S Club 7 is reuniting for 25th anniversary tour. The British pop outfit will play 11 arena dates in the UK and Ireland. So nothing for us here in the US, but we're still be slimy excited. Americans. The original seven members will set out for a 20th anniversary nostalgia trip later in the year. As it stands, they will play 11 arena dates scheduled to kick off October 13th in Liverpool. They put out a statement saying, after eight years, it feels amazing to announce that we're reuniting and performing together again. We're so excited to bring the S Club party back to our fans across the country to celebrate 25 years of S Club 7. Okay, wait, like not to be dumb. What other songs does S Club have besides Oh, Claudia? No party Never like had a dream oh. come true till the, the day, day that, that I found you. Even though and I pretend oh. that I moved on, you'll always, you'll always be, be my baby. baby. Club. Don't stop, never give up. Won't Hold you your head high and, and reach to the top. Don't you let the world work see what you have got. Bring it all back to you. Okay, so and I'll many And with one more. Reach for the stars. Climb every mountain top and just reach for the stars. <sighs> wow, okay. All right, good thing they're not coming to America because now I want to go. Literally, I would probably go to this if it were conveniently timed right. for me and if it were happening in my area. Code. In your country. In my my country. Wait, that's so great. I love a reunion. I'm glad that they're all still, you know, All buddies. seven. So we don't have all to like seven. feel weird. I love that. That's so great. I'm excited for the Irish. They deserve it. Yeah. And the British. Ain't no party like an S Club. Wanna show Gonna you show how. you how. Yeah. I was yeah. obsessed. Like that music video S-Club. for S Club Party, like Sick. watched on repeat. They were sickening. They really were. They were so iconic. I wonder what they look like now. How old are they? They like look 40? like S Club 7 25 years later. They look like S Club 70. Yeah, except like I think they've lived a very normal lives and have. Yeah, you know, embrace the aging process and Love aren't that. like wax figures. Love that for them. Well, yeah. to our British and Irish toasters, get tickets. Sclub7.com. Get tickets. If you're in Liverpool, you're not going to want to miss that. You are not going to want to miss it. Well, and those you know, are the Fast Five stories. Me and Margo were planning this year to go to Luke Holmes in London. I think he's playing the O2. And are you okay? <laughs> And what about your other I, sister? Like, you're always welcome. Like, we'll plan the trip, and, like, if you're available, for like, For sure, come. for sure. But, like, I know I'm welcome. Like, I know now that I know about it. But, like, yeah. if you didn't mention it, and you guys, like, planned it, and you just, like, booked it, like, the more advanced notice I have, the more of okay, a by the way, like, it is. Me, what I mean, Margot and I planning, we're, like, we sent it, when he announced it, we, like, sent it to each other on Instagram. We're, like, we should go. Okay, when is it? I don't know. But if there's, like, a crossover S-Club performance, like, a, even, like, an hour away... Yeah. S Club. There ain't no party like an S Club. There's actually no party like a toast party. And that's what we've had here today. We did. We did. Thank you, Jax, for the gorgeous stories. The gorgeous stories. Thank you, Toasters, for tuning in to the Toast, the Millennial Morning Show, where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, bitch, feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us, The Toast, leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow for hump day. Bye. Can't wait. Love you. Bye.